I'm glad that the Magic are off today. That way we can enjoy this win just one day longer. Right. You know, I don't know how long we're going to be able to enjoy this until we're suffering from another 20-point defeat. But last night was awesome, and I did not did not expect that as the game got going. It was something that we tried to manifest yesterday on the show. We talked about how this was sort of a must-win spot for them. When you look ahead at the schedule and the Clippers are kind of weird, they're tough. I mean, they've got talent. But if you're looking at the teams that are in front of them on the schedule, if you're going to sneak out a win against someone, it was probably going to have to be the Clippers on a Wednesday night when they're worried about going to Miami the next night. and Veteran team. And they and they may and part of the reason the Magic were able to take advantage and they still had to take advantage in order to do, to do this was Kawhi Leonard and Paul George were on minutes restrictions. Neither of them really played in the overtime period. Right. Kawhi Leonard played ninety seconds. Paul George was put in for the final seven seconds of the basketball game. Yeah. So, and but the Magic still had to play well because the Clippers are one of the deeper teams in the NBA, and and the Magic still went out and got it done. So many different angles to this. So many guys to be excited about. We have not had a lot of chances because the Magic do a lot of their winning on Fridays. Right. We don't have a lot of chances to break down Magic wins, so this feels pretty cool today. I'm going to kind of soak it all in. Feels great. Yeah, I mean, they began that game looking rough. I think it was 15-4, and they were down double digits right away. But that is the best time to trail. There's so much game left to make a comeback, and you know how the NBA is, even the worst teams like us, are capable of going on runs. Uh, normally the opposing team answers the run immediately, but the Clips looked exhausted in the second half. Like, they were in slow motion. Kawhi kind of looked like a little old man all night. Yeah, <laughs> like, he, he did. Just very ginger in how he moved around. And, uh, you know, Zubats was as effective as I thought he might be, despite being in some foul trouble. But, uh, I mean, the Clippers are deep. They got veteran players but they just didn't look like they could match the Magic energy. And the Magic had been, hey, we're used to being down 15 points. We're just going to keep playing. <laughs> That's true. And sooner wonder, or later, it was close. I wonder if that had something to do with it. Kawhi Leonard had nine points in the first quarter. He finished the game with 14. Yeah. So he had five points for the remainder of the game in an overtime game. Yeah. No, he, uh, I mean, I'm sure he's just coming back from a, a tough knee injury and he's just getting his minutes going, but... Looks like a shell of himself for now. I assume at some point he'll get closer to the version that we know him to be, but it's weird seeing him like that. I mean, you assume that that's going to happen, but there's no guarantee. That that Clippers team, I haven't been that impressed with them over the years. Certainly not all that impressed based on what I saw last night, but uh, more impressed with what I saw from the Orlando Magic. Paolo Bancaro, let's talk about him for a second. Big time overtime. Oh, my God. I, one of the things that I have been looking for, I know he can score. I know he can get to the rim, and, and he can draw fouls, and he can do all these things that we haven't seen a Magic player do in years. So that, that's been great to see at whatever time in the game it happens. One of the things that I want to see now that he's showing it to us so early, I'm always looking for what's the next thing, is him taking over late in games. That's what stars do. And he didn't have a good game last night. His, no. his stat total at the end looks pretty good, but he he didn't have a great game last night. Yeah, he still finished the game with twenty three points. He scored ten points in overtime. That's a Isn't that's that a star move. Yeah, no, I mean he hadn't really shown a lot of aggressiveness since he's come back from that ankle injury. He's been slow to get going, kind of deferring to others, waiting for the game to come to him instead of just going out and attacking. And I think. You know, when you're down immediately 10 to 15 points, it's just hard to get in the flow of the game. 
So last night, once there was an angle to like, hey, we can we'll go win this game, that felt like he woke up right then and there. And uh, without him, I don't think we're able to complete that. I mean, obviously, Franz was big down the stretch in the regulation, and Bull Bull was big time. Oh, I mean, Bull. We, uh, so, Bull Bull was interviewed by Dante Marcatelli and Quentin Richardson uh, after the game on Bally Sports. We're going to play a portion of that. This is a montage of Bull Bull answers in the interview that he had after the game. We just started off slow, but um, just at halftime, we just felt like we was coming back, living us into the game. So for second half, we just tried to stay aggressive and just kept our heads up and just kept fighting until the end. Um, it feels great, honestly, because uh, this is definitely what I love to do is play basketball. And like a lot of other people's careers, there's been a lot of ups and downs for me, but finally getting to play has been very good for me. It feels good, and I mean, it just gives me a lot more confidence to just keep on playing hard and just keep doing what I'm doing, because every time I do something, I look over and the whole bench is going crazy. It just it just makes me smile and just know my teammates got my back. Uh, no, most definitely. Like, uh, I feel like when I score, it's a little bit louder than others, <laughs> uh, even in some other arenas, but I guess because like, I haven't been able to play or showcase like what I could do, but now everyone's getting to see it. So they're like, oh, we didn't even know he could do that. But it's always been there. I just haven't been able to show the world. There's like a quiet confidence about Absolutely. Bull Bull that I, I love. I haven't really heard a lot from him. Uh, but he got that post-game interview, and and he's right. You know, I mean, it's, that's why it was so funny to hear him say that, that he gets a bigger reaction than everyone else because you don't expect a player to be that honest. I think it I think it shows the fact that he feels like he can say that. It shows the closeness of the team because if he was sort of an outcast oh, yeah. and he said something like that or the guys didn't have camaraderie, there would be immediate beef for saying something like that. And I don't think that that's going to be the case. And he's all, and again, he's 100% right. The crowd goes crazy anytime he does something cuz it always looks so spectacular. Right. Uh he's just got such good energy about him. He's very mellow. He's also very humble because of you know, he hasn't even had an opportunity until this year, and instead of even being bitter about it, he just seems grateful for the opportunity. I mean, there's there's a Colt Bowl Bowl fan club that goes all the way back to before he played at Oregon, and then the real ones know he could get buckets at Oregon, had some problems staying healthy, and there are questions about him on the defensive end of the floor, but uh, I remember being pumped when he finally got drafted. I did bet on him being the last one in the green room, to be selected, and it was like plus 800, and I actually made money off Bull wow. looking sad, walking out of so the So hold on. This, yeah. di- this whole, I, now this all makes sense. This dates back to its infancy for you. Oh, yeah. no, You I guys are day back. ones. Well, and I felt bad because he looked so sad coming out of that green room, and I just had a feeling that people were going to be afraid to draft him. And that then, then not only were people afraid to draft him, people were then afraid to play him. They didn't know where he'd fit. And the best part about being where the Magic are right now, we could take that chance. And shout out Jeff Weltman for making that deal at the deadline last year. We were thinking there might be a few more fireworks during the day of the NBA trade deadline. And, you know, we were talking about the Bull Bull acquisition. I was mentioning how he's an MVP in my video game, but can it really come to life? Well, you know, I don't know about MVP, but this guy is a lot of fun to watch. He can do a lot of different things, and it just looks different. That's yeah. why the people respond to it the way they do. Oh, yeah, his gracefulness down the court. And then when he when he starts to get that vert going and he goes up for a dunk, it just looks like oh. he's just towering over everybody. <laughs> his his, uh, his length, his um, wingspan, it's, it's incredible. It's, it is. 
It's majestic, honestly. It is. He rocks it back, and there's just no way you can really block it. No, you it's, can't get in the way long, of that. It's long, and then his jumpers, too, are hilarious. Like, they'll get a hand up, but he's taller than you, so there's no chance in you blocking it. And he'll take a long time to release it, but he's just got this real soft touch. It hits that rim and kind of deadens and goes in. He hit like three or four or five of those type of shots last night. Too much fun. He can do everything. I'm telling you. Bo has never done anything wrong besides turn the ball over a few too many times and be a little slow, sluggish on defense here and there. Yeah, he's other a, than that, he can be turnstile on defense, but he gives the team such a pop on offense when ah, he gets yeah. going that it's totally worth it. This is a team that struggles to score. you got to have guys out there that can just go and get a bucket, and he gets buckets. He gets buckets. Like, I get upset when they stop going to him, and because he's such a humble, good teammate, he doesn't demand the ball or anything. He's just playing in the flow of the game. But don't forget to allow Bull Bull to get touches. I mean, there are games where you know he'll try to get his touches and he turns it over once, two times in a row, and then it's kind of like, all right, let's not give it to Bull. Let's do something else. But give Bull 30 touches a game. <laughs> I mean, Franz, Paolo, Bull, it should just pretty much always be them unless somebody else is open to knock down a spot-up shot. That's how I want to play. So if you go back to what he said when he, when he said that he gets a bigger reaction than everybody else, and he's 100% right, I'm there for the games. He, I mean, it, and it's by a pretty decent margin. The, the fans love Paolo, but I feel like that's sort of built into the number one overall pick and the hype that came with him. Yeah. There's something very organic yes. and um, there's just sort of vibrant about the support that Bol Bol gets within the arena. There's a different gasp in the room when he does something. So I'm going to tee up this question. Is he the fan favorite on the team as it stands right now? Has to be. Has to. I mean, the real ones, no. I, I think Paolo does get a lot of fanfare because he's kind of the hope. And, you know, people immediately flocked to him when he got drafted. And he was very popular at Duke. So, you know, he's still probably number one. I think there's definitely an appreciation for Franz. But right in the midst there, I think it's Bull. And, like, you know, as important as Wendell Carter Jr. is, I don't think he's quite as heralded as those other three. I know there's a lot of love for Cole and T. Ross. He's a good personality. and But I think it's it's those three. And I want, I'm curious to see what the jersey sales look like by the end of the year. I need to support Bull by getting one. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think he would rank that high on that yeah. list, but there's an excitement that's in the arena. That's what makes it feel sort of underground. He's like the underground star. Oh, and I'm all about team. that. I don't like being too mainstream. And I mean, when I was watching Magic Games, when I traveled home to see my family, I had family members reacting to Bull Bull doing things. It's like that looked different. So right. it's just automatically he makes you take a second look, and it's like, whoa. That's awesome. I'll get texts about him from people who haven't really locked into Magic yet, and they turn into a game, tune into a game, and they see him do something. They're like, oh, you're not lying about this guy. Yeah. Like, I'm telling you, this guy's real. Isn't your brother a Clippers fan? He is. How yeah. did he react last uh, night? He was like, ah, Clippers don't care about winning games until after New Year's. They should, but they don't. <laughs> Coming up next, Raiders-Rams tonight. I'll give you my lean for that. Plus, we've got our players of the night. That is next. Hey, Magic fans. This is Franz Wagner, and we want to hear from you. Text the show at 50857 and let your voice be heard. Now back to Brandon Kravitz and Mike Tazi on In The Zone.
We appreciate that, Franz Wagner. Welcome back to the show in the zone right here on FM 96.9 The Game. Brandon Kravitz here with you, along with my co-host, 2K Taz. You can hit us up, be part of the show, 50857. We'd love to hear from you. We'll spend some extra time with uh, our listener interactions in the next segment. The Magic picked up a rare victory last night at home overtime affair against the L.A. Clippers. We are excited about that. 116-111 was the final score. The Magic looked like they were getting blown out of the building. There was less than no energy in that building last night. It was the least energetic I have seen the crowd. The crowd's been pretty good throughout the year. They've been into these games. They get loud. Uh, and, and to start the games, you can just kind of feel like, on not every game, but most games, there's sort of like a little buzz in the arena. Last night, Wednesday night, people don't get up for the Clippers, and then they came out and were up like 15-4 to 4 right, right out of the gate. And you could, like Jake said it on the broadcast last night, he's 100% right, you could hear a pin drop in that place. Oh, yeah. No. And for the Magic to then be able to dig out of that hole and find energy within themselves, I thought it was pretty impressive. That was that was a lot of fun to be a part of last night, and that's why we get so addicted to winning. That's why it's fun is for moments like that, people that are at the arena, people like us that are covering the games and then being able to talk about it the next day. This is why, no matter what their record is or what the end of the season holds, that's we get excited for that. When you lose every single game, it just like it just weighs on you. This is so much better. Well, you just said it. The nine game losing streak, that'll weigh on you. Not only does the team feel it, the fans feel it. It's like there's a weight on everyone's shoulders and we're just a little sluggish and showing up to the arena, getting in our seat, yeah. you know, like there's just kind of a different uh frequency in the air when you've lost nine straight games. Uh, and then being able to get off the schneid is just electric. And how that game ended, first how it started, you said it, down 15-4 to four right away and just kind of playing in slow motion. Felt like uh, a severe alternate under might hit. I looked up at the scoreboard and the Magic were at like 31 points with five minutes to go in the second quarter. I was like, what's going on here? Like This is like the slowest, sloppiest game I've really like watched in a while because the Clippers were up, but they didn't look great. And then when the Clippers didn't wake up at all in the second half, it allowed the Magic to kind of slowly but surely chip away and get right back in the game. And then the Magic were able to execute down the stretch to force overtime, and then what they were able to do in overtime dictated. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, the, the, the Magic are able to do a lot of things that they don't typically do from game to game. It it just makes you so hopeful that things can be better in the near future. It'll be tough. There's a challenging road ahead, but this was a challenging game too, and the Magic still came out and got the job done. So it just shows that if they can play the way they did on Monday night, if they can play the way they did, they played a similar brand of basketball on Monday and on Wednesday. They went down a weight class in opponent, but their play was the same, and they were competitive in both games and then actually won one of them. If they can just do that most nights when they go out, they'll win some of these games no matter who they're playing against because some teams just sleepwalk through the NBA season. You just... You can catch them at the right time. The Magic can just never be that team. They always they have to play this type of consistent basketball. Tough defense, rebounding, you know, getting baskets at the rim, those kind of things. And highlights. I mean, how much does the crowd, the team, the bench get woken up when like Mo Wagner slammed all over Zubots? That yes. kind of like, all right, there's some life. 
bull bull, just doing some of the things he does, getting out on the fast break by himself, just the way he kind of contorts his body and some of the soft touch shots he was able to make. It gets the crowd live, and like you need something to feed off, especially when you've lost nine in a row, you're down double digits, you need just something that's different to be like, oh, okay, there's a spark. Let's ride off that. And sometimes you can go on a 10-0 run. Sometimes you go on a 6-0 run and the other team answers. But, uh, yeah, every NBA game is about runs, and the Magic were finally able to put a few together last night. <laughs> right. They've been a team. It's a game of runs, and the Magic haven't been going on runs. No. That's been one of the common themes of all of these games is the Magic haven't been doing that. You mentioned Mo Wagner, and I absolutely adore what he brings to this team. We saw it years ago. I mean, he's always brought a, a certain energy and intensity with him, but there used to not be a whole lot else with it. I think he's developed a lot in terms yeah. of the game that he's playing out on the floor. He's got this new spin move where he takes the ball to the rack and kind of like, you know, uh, just sort of uh, is able to sidestep his defender yeah. and make his way to the cup. And he did that twice last night against Zubats, who's a pretty big body. And so to see that is impressive. He can spot up, shoot a three. Not a great three point no. shooter, but he can Capable. he can shoot him. You know, you got to at least be honest with he that. He plays pretty well off the ball. He has a good IQ on where to be. He's a good roller off the pick and roll. So you know, whoever's got the ball in their hand can feed him as he dives to the hoop. Like Mo Bamba doesn't really play well in that as that roller or pick and pop guy. That you know that much. So like I I feel like Mo Wagner has a Role and knows how to play, and if if it's up to me, I mean, when Wendell comes back, let Mo Wagner have Mo Bamba's minutes. That's probably what's going to happen. I think Mo Wagner's playing at a point where you can't really take many minutes away from him. And then, of course, because it's Wendell Carter coming back, you'll put him in a starting spot. I have to. But that's why we got excited about this team in the first place. Like, this is an example of it. Because we knew that the Magic, if they have their pieces, have depth. If Wendell Carter is starting, and look what Mo, Mo Wagner has brought to this team the last two games. 20 points, 13 rebounds He's last night. Up some serious stats lately. 19 points, 12 rebounds. Uh, against Milwaukee, he was he was nineteen, twelve, and four against Milwaukee. Twenty thirteen and three against the LA Clippers. He's getting steals. He's getting blocks. He plays tough, and I thought he sparked the team more than anybody else on the roster last night. He had a poster dunk on Zubats at one point in the second quarter. From that point on, the Magic played good basketball. I mean, I was a huge fan of his at Michigan, and he just seemed like he had winning qualities and. He was one of these players I wanted to see succeed at the next level, and then you see a few years of him in the league, and I kind of was like, ah, all right, well, that's what Mo Wagner looks like in the NBA. But then, you know, Franz shows up, and he seems like more of a high-ceiling NBA type of prospect, and, you know, he's been, but with this Mo Wagner, it feels like, okay, I think I think we see what his niche is. He can play a role off the bench as a spell big, and just having the brothers Wagner connection is kind of a vibe in itself. I think so. Yeah, there's real chemistry there, and they they've discussed that sort of thing. That they're both really passionate players. Yeah. They both get they both talk a lot on the floor. They get pretty amped up, and the fact that they have each other to kind of like hold each other in check, <laughs> you know, cool. I bet that they're tough. They're tough personalities to kind of go at if they're not doing things right but because they're brothers they can kind of do that to each other oh yeah get each other going 
Well, and, and talking about like Mo as like a spell big, I just think is a great role for him. And we even had Jonathan Isaac yesterday talking about, you know, with all due respect, but a lot of role players are being forced into like playing heavier minutes. Yeah. And so you just hope to be able to see what this Magic roster looks like when like everyone's healthy, everyone has their roles. I do still think there's a lot of question marks in terms of like, you know, the starting backcourt. You know, one night Cole plays okay. The other night, you know, Markel Fultz was good, but not as good last night. And Suggs, when Suggs, Suggs is healthy, he's the same way. So up and down. It's all these guys, they can they can be the guy, but they can't be the guy every night. That's exactly. the difference between them and some of the better point guards in uh, in the NBA. Is they they bring it every night. They're yeah. the same. And Franz and Paolo, like they're not every night, but they're they're becoming almost every night. And I think I they say, are. I would say Franz is more. Uh, Consistent than Paolo, despite having a couple spotty games lately, but that almost feels like workload situation. Like he was carrying the team in November. Paolo's still kind of finding his footing off that ankle injury, but last night obviously came up huge down the stretch and overtime. And then, uh, you know, when Bull Bull is having a game, that's like the most fun. <laughs> well, yeah. he has a couple games off here and there where he just doesn't get in the flow. No, when, he, it, he, when he, it's a bowl game, here we go. When it's uh, yeah, when he gets going, it, it's definitely uh, it's different. I think with the differences with Paolo and Franz, they have nights where they're not the best versions of themselves. I think Franz last night he wasn't. I didn't. I don't think he played great last night. He missed a lot of shots that he typically makes, especially with those sort of uh, long. They're like long-range layups. They're like those Euro layups. He's great at those. Well, they weren't falling last night. And yet, he can still impact the game. He still is a factor at the end. He still knocked down big shots. These other guys, when they have bad games, Jamal Mosley has to take them off the floor. They're so bad. Right. Markel Fultz was, you couldn't even play him last night. And And yet, the game before, he's dropping 20. It makes no sense. Yeah. I mean, when Franz has a bad game, or even Paolo, it's kind of like, what happened there? It's surprising. Like, yeah. you usually you take that to the bank that, all right, those guys are going to give us what they give us. Now who else around them can step up? Sometimes it's Bowl. He would be the next in line for me. But, uh, I, I mean, I'm, I read off that stat kind of uh, last segment of yesterday's show that Franz is third best in the league at making contested laps. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And, and eye test says it, too. Yes. For sure. I mean, all of his layups are contested, it seems all like. All of them. And he's <laughs> able to get it high off the glass, and it's, it's smooth. I mean, he hit a big shot in that final minute. You know, we don't get to overtime without the, the yeah. Franz bucket. Uh, before we go to break, I, I thought that Bull Bull displayed the kind of personality and quiet confidence that he has in a post-game interview. Dante Marcatelli and Quentin Richardson on Bally Sports were able to catch up with him afterwards, and we kind of clipped together some of Bull Bull's answers. Listen to this. We just started off slow, but um, just at halftime, we just felt like we was coming back and letting us into the game. So for second half, we just tried to stay aggressive and just kept our heads up and just kept fighting until the end. Um, it feels great, honestly, because uh, this is definitely what I love to do is play basketball, and like a lot of other people's careers, there's been a lot of ups and downs for me, but finally getting the play has just been very good for me. It feels good, and I mean, it just gives me a lot more confidence to just keep on playing hard and just keep doing what I'm doing, because every time I do something, I look over and the whole bench is going crazy. It just it just makes me smile and just know my teammates got my back. Uh, no, most definitely. Like uh, I feel like when I score, it's a little bit louder than others, <laughs> uh, even in some other arenas, but I guess because like, I haven't been able to play or showcase like what I could do, but now everyone's going to see it. So they're like, oh, we didn't even know he could do that. But 
It's always been there. I just haven't been able to show the world. It's so funny to hear him say that because it's 100% true. I don't know if he's the most popular player on the team, but I do know that when he does something special, the place erupts unlike anybody else. Paolo had a huge dunk last night. And what Bull Bull, when Bull Bull skied to the rim, it was twice as loud. I mean, Bull Bull means well. His whole persona and attitude, he's just trying to cut his teeth and figure out a niche in, in the NBA and, and the way it looks. I mean, no one really dunks like that. The arm, the, the wingspan is so long, and, and there's just no way to really block it. And the way he can dribble like a guard, and his jumper takes forever to get it off, but you can't block it. It's just his mechanics and fundamentals are you know, one in a million. And so accurately put on the text line, didn't think Bull would sound like that. LMAO. I know, right? What a voice. Very, very soft-spoken. Yeah. We hope to have him on the show at some point in the future. It's a dream. Coming up next, we've got your texts from throughout the day. A nice eclectic mix there. And Magic Raptors tickets four-pack up for grabs after this.